Hey, my name's Alex, and welcome to Alex Listens. This is the place where I talk about things like philosophy and politics and race and identity and mental health and that kind of stuff. So a few things. First of all, um, you can either watch this or you can listen to it on any respectable podcast platform. So, yeah, I suppose whichever one is more suitable to your needs. Maybe you can listen to the podcast while you're doing some menial things. Because, I mean, why else does anyone listen to a podcast? Or you can watch it and commit to 30 minutes of me twitching my face in strange directions. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, so if you're enjoying Alex Listens, the podcast, or YouTube, or whatever, there are a number of ways that you can support it. You can support the podcast directly on Patreon. And thank you to all of the people who have become patrons. Patreon is a great platform and it allows me to afford to make the podcast. So thank you. There'll be a link below somewhere. It's pretty easy. There's also one on my website, which is www.alex.co. You can also help... You can also support by telling a friend, what do you like about the podcast? What have you learned? Is this guy an idiot? Probably. Um, Or you can leave a review on iTunes or you can follow me on social media. I'm at Alex Listens on Instagram. Go follow me. It'll be cool. I post pretty photos of things. Um, Yeah. Okay. So today I wanted to do something interesting and yeah so a year ago i started this podcast well 366 days ago because i released the first introductory episode on the 29th of june which was yesterday and you know naturally the day after yesterday is today so Happy birthday to me. I am one year old. Years old? Yeah, one year old. Um, And I didn't want to sit here and gloat to all of you because that's pretty bad. But what I wanted to do was just reflect on some of the things that I've learned about myself and about people over the past year. Um... So, yeah, when I first started the podcast, um, I guess my main concern was that people weren't going to, one, that people weren't going to listen, and two, that I wasn't going to be able to interview anyone. And I don't know, I, I guess I feel like my life is just a constant battle between irrational fears and the actual world. And so I think I pretty quickly realized that it doesn't really matter if people don't listen. Um, I enjoyed making it and I guess it's just, and it's, it's very, it's, it's encouraging. It's very encouraging to know that people listen. Um, and I would probably stop. (laughs) So I guess it does matter if people listen or not. Um, but yeah, the second thing about 
people not wanting to get involved when I say, hey, do you want to come have a chat to me? I'm some strange dude with facial hair and glasses and no, no authority on any of the topics that I'm talking about. So yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, initially it was pretty miraculous that people replied, like Peter Singer, what the hell, what's he doing, you know? Um, but then as time went by, I realized that people are generous and people are even more generous if you show interest in what they are interested in. People are generous with their time. They're generous with their knowledge and they're generous with their interest as well, because it seems like there is something very rewarding for an individual by having someone else show interest in what they care about. And that's probably something that doesn't happen that often. Like I imagine these academic people just sit in their ivory towers overlooking the world below in their gated institution. And then they release a paper and then someone reads it and that's it. And they don't have much public engagement. So yeah, I, people are very generous with their time. That's one thing that I've learned. Um, and that's kind of nice because as a pessimist and as a cynic, um, (laughs) it's reassuring to know that people aren't self, aren't fundamentally self-interested and there is altruism and there is generosity because there's, there isn't any financial reward attached to coming onto the podcast with me. It's not as if I'm paying them. Um, so yeah, it's out of the goodness of whatever benevolence bone they have. Um, that's an interesting thing that I've learned. Um, but even more than that, I've just, I've realized that there is something very special about the art and the act of conversation. So when two people sit down, especially when two people don't know each other, like I don't know anything about these people apart from their academic areas of research or some of the music that they've released or some of the politics that they are interested in or advocate for. That's all I know. I don't know anything about their personal life. I don't know anything about who they are outside of this very curated and often very limited public presence that they have. And so they come and they sit in the studio or they answer my Zoom call and then we say, hey, and we look at each other and there's this moment of meeting someone for the first time. And a lot happens. But there is something guiding There is kind of this underlying principle which guides a podcast interview, which is I'm interested in you and 
hopefully that's reciprocated. Hopefully people say yes to interviews because, you know, I assume that they don't say yes to all interviews. Um, hopefully they are, there's some interest in, you know, they've bitten on something. Oh, this, this Alex guy. Um, but you know, it's very interesting that you can have a conversation with a complete stranger for one hour and, and say a lot of meaningful stuff. And like often I have more, I mean, I'm, I think I'm very fortunate to have very insightful and supportive friends, but there are a lot of people who I've known for years and who's, who I've spent a lot of time with, who I haven't had particularly meaningful conversations with. And then in one hour with a person I interview, I, there's all of this meaningful stuff that comes out. And no, that's not always the case. I mean, some people are, not everyone is made for the interview space. Not everyone is a good interviewer. Not everyone is a good interviewee. People are, some people are more forthcoming than others. Some people ask better questions than others. That's just how it is. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I learned that, I learned that there is a kind of unconscious uh, compartmentalization of my life that goes on. And there are some French, there are some friends who I turn to. Um, there are some relationships that I turn to when I'm in a particular mood. And when I want to talk about some things, you know, there are some other people who I talk to some specific people. And that was, that's, a, that's something that I've only kind of recently grasped that not every relationship can support everything. Some people can't, some people aren't great at talking about stuff. Um, and even though you might want them to be, they might be your parent. Even though you might want them to be, um, I've learned that you have to look elsewhere to, towards other people or towards yourself. And the next thing that I wanted to talk about was me and how I think I've changed over the past year. So traditionally, if you listen to any of my episodes, you know, I'm, I describe myself as this kind of sedated, depressive type who's pessimistic and paranoid about AI, right? I mean, what a, what a specimen, hey? But there is, there's this other space that I occupy during the podcast. And a lot of the time, a lot of my anxieties and my depressive tendencies and my concerns, they kind of subside. Or maybe not even subside. And something that I've learnt with, so, you know, like every, every angsty, you know, left-leaning, greeny, I meditate. And one thing that I've learnt through meditation is that there is a very flimsy divide between the self and 
what else is left? I guess me. Me and the self. I and the self. And whatever, like, I'm not going to provide you with some psychoanalytic theory. I'm not going to sell a meditation app to you. I'm not going to, you know, convince you to join some cult and give me all your money. Um, But I've learned that I live, for most of the day, I am trapped in this consuming, overwhelming world of anxiety and, and pressure and stress and misery. And, you know, you can mount a pretty convincing argument in support of the way I feel. There are lots of pressures on a young person in Melbourne, Australia, a student, you know. I'm graduating from a fucking philosophy degree. Like, what the fuck am I going to do with that? Um, yeah, there are all of these things. There are relationships, friendships, job, university, bad relationships, bad friendships, bad jobs, bad universities. And we are in the constant rhythmical dance with these things and we have to juggle them and it's a challenge but when I record the podcast often a lot of the things that I'm worried about drift away and they are replaced at least the things themselves don't drift away so it's not as if a troubled relationship just vanishes and I forget about it. But it's almost as if my framework for interpreting the troubled relationship changes. And it's replaced with this kind of more accepting, more still, more calm and more appreciative framework. Um, And that's that's one of my primary motivations for doing the podcast. Um, and really, that should be one's primary motivation for doing anything. Because it makes them feel better. And, you know, it's hard to define the word better. Better on what grounds? Better for who? Better just for me? Is that fair? I mean, I recorded a whole episode on hedonism. Um, Can we justify doing things that feel good at the expense of others' well-being? I argue no. Um, But when I record the podcast and when I sit here, especially in the ones when I'm by myself, I go on this adventure through the fog inside my head and there's a lot of fog there's a lot of confusion and often I don't feel very in control even when recording this podcast I don't really know what I'm going to say I don't I'm not reading from any script I have no plan 
I have a vague plan in my head. Sometimes I put it on paper. Um, And normally that would be a catalyst for, you know, some kind of panicked state for me. Um, I, until the past 18 months, I've been an extremely anxious person, um, debilitated by anxiety, unable to do many things, unable to study, unable to socialize, unable to travel, unable to commit to things. Um, and, and as I said before, it's not as if the circumstances of my world change. All of those forces are still there, but there's, it's almost as if I yield to them, but it's, it's even more than that. It's almost as if I become them or something, um, and like, I don't want this to take a weird transcendental turn or anything like that, but there's a kind of place that I feel I occupy when I get into this kind of zone that is really meditative. And and I feel free. And, and it's beautiful. And I want this for other people. And it makes me happy. And it makes me look forward to things. And it makes me hopeful that things can change and that that perhaps I could I can be part of a change, the change, whatever. And then, you know, unfortunately this ends at some point and I go back to my anxieties and then I kind of crave recording the podcast and then I record it and then I have this moment of clarity and stillness and quietness and then I return back to my anxieties. What sort of life is that? So turbulent, so jumpy. And I don't have an answer for maintaining that level of stillness. I don't know how to bring, to carry that level of cognitive comfort into all domains of my life. And, you know, arguably, it's probably not, probably wouldn't be the best thing to have to feel like that all the time. So, I mean, it's, it's not possible, right? Um, you can't, you know, you need perspective. I know that I feel better now because I compare myself to how I felt previously, which was pretty bad. Um, and I guess one thing that's very interesting is that I have an awareness, I've developed an awareness of what I like and what I enjoy 
And I guess one of the things that I enjoy the most is this podcast. And I've provided you with some reasons. I told you some things. It makes me feel a certain way. It alleviates a certain degree of suffering. And when I look around at the people around me, I notice that the vast majority have a very poor awareness of what brings them happiness. Or they are they deny that it's possible for them to do things that will make them feel better. Or they attach extreme guilt to doing things that they enjoy. And I do too. And this might be the only thing that I don't attach much guilt to when I do it. Because I feel guilty when I don't. For example, I recently finished my exams. And during the exam period, I didn't make any podcast video stuff. And I wasn't very happy about that. But whatever. And that made me, that got me thinking, um, not the exam period, but the question of people struggling to identify what's meaningful for them. That's an interesting leap that I made actually from what brings them joy and what they enjoy to what is meaningful because they're not always the same thing. Like you could do a bunch of ecstasy and have a great night and enjoy your night. But, you know, how meaningful was that experience for you? Maybe you have some profound awakening and you realize that, you know, you've been shackled for years and, you know, you need to go on a meditation retreat and start listening to Tool and, or Radiohead or whatever. Um, yeah. But, for example, yesterday I went and got a coffee with a friend. And they're an old friend. Nearly a decade I've known them. That's like half of my life. Um, and we sat in the park, eating. And they were talking about their dating life. And they were saying, oh, you know, I keep dating these people, Alex and... They're just, they're all the same, same routine, you know, go on a date, hang out, do some stuff, get to know them, I'm repulsed by them, meet someone else, do the same thing, hang out, repulsed, hang out, repulsed. And then I said, okay, what do you want from them? What do you want from a partner? What do you want from your life? And they said, I want someone else to include me in the world of their interests so I can inherit their interests and broaden my own horizons. And I said, okay, that sounds pretty cool. But what about your own interests? What, like what, what about them? And they said, I don't have interests. And I didn't really 
I didn't react very severely, but you know, in my head, I was shocked. Like what, what sort of statement is that? Um, and then I, I was hit by an even more powerful force, which was the realization that I've heard that so many times from so many people who I care about so much that they, they don't know what is meaningful for them. And I'm not some Messiah who knows what's meaningful for me. Um, I guess, you know, I've been saying that this podcast is meaningful for me, but it's probably one of the only things that I have a really good grasp of its impact on my life. And it consistently has a net, it has a very positive and very nourishing, that's probably a better adjective than positive, um, a very nourishing and and replenishing impact on my experience of things. And so I, as I was sitting there on the bench talking to my friend, you know, I, I said something like, oh, but you know, you do have interests. And then there was kind of this pause and, you know, I don't really, I guess that was the, the thing, the profound thing that, that they believed that they didn't have interests. And that I was pretty crushed after that. I was crushed because I realized that it's probably very possible to go through your entire life without realizing what is meaningful for you. And then you die. And I believe that, and you know, you could mount an argument that, you know, if that person hasn't suffered much, if they've just kind of been whimsical and done what they've wanted to do, that they've lived a good life. But I don't know, there's this, I'm pretty influenced by existential philosophy and and in existential philosophy, there is a belief that one authors their own meaning. And that's a pretty pompous claim. And I don't really know whether I literally agree with that claim, but I guess what I take from that is that we have this life, right? And there's a lot that we can do with it. We can meet people, we can learn things, we can do things. And then there are obstacles. Some of them are financial obstacles. We have to pay for shit. We have bills. We have rent. We're limited by geography. We're limited by politics. We're limited by racism. All of these things. All of these obstacles that people have to overcome. And all I... And what I want... What I want for people is is the ability to to think about the world around them and reflect on what has taken them what has freed them from 
the burdens they feel. Because I believe that it's that those things are there. And I think I've been lucky enough to find one. This. This meditative, conversational thing that I do. That isn't to say that all of you should go out and make a podcast. Please don't. <laughs> um, if, if, you, if you are so inclined, try it out. Maybe it will work, maybe it won't, but I don't know. There are, there are a lot of podcasts out there and there are a lot of really bad podcasts. Um, and maybe that doesn't matter though. Maybe, maybe that's just me being really judgmental, but I guess like, I don't know. The reason why I said that is because it's, it's very hard to, you can't make universal claims about meaning. Meaning is subjective. And that, that's really annoying and that's a cop-out. But it's true. And I hope in my lifetime to be able to work towards a world where there are things in place to make sure that people have that opportunity and that it's never taken away from them. Because that's what bad politics can do. That's what racism does. That's what sexism does. That's what discrimination does. And so, take a moment to reflect on what's meaningful for you. And I don't, I don't really know how to define meaningful, but maybe it's, as I said before, the things that, the things that take you elsewhere that aren't escape mechanisms, but the things that take you to a place where you can look at your own, you can look at your world and the circumstances of your world and evaluate it without feeling all of the suffering that you may normally feel. Like, as I said before, this platform has, this experience of sitting here is really cathartic and it gives me, I can often afterwards think about things in my life in a way that is free from anxiety and hopelessness and helplessness. It doesn't last for very long, but it's there. And I'm very grateful to have it. Um, I think that's all that I wanted to say, really. So I'll just end by saying thank you. Thank you for being part of this. I hope, I hope you're learning something from it because I am. And I learn from you. I learn from your comments. 
and I learn from your responses to things I say, and I learn from your guidance towards similar things or towards new things. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And interestingly, I went, I went into this with, with the intention of talking about the word listen. Because the friend who recommended the name Alex Listens to me is probably one of the best listeners I know. He has this extremely comforting and warm aura. And yeah, I guess I think that's rare, having that kind of presence. Anyway, I liked the title, but I wasn't really sure why. And so I just went with it. Alex listens, whatever. But I've realized that one of the skills that I've developed over the past year has been the ability to listen. And listening isn't a one-way activity. So I don't just listen to you. You don't just listen to me. When anything is interpreted, it passes through some kind of interpretive framework. That interpretive framework is you. And you will, you will place your own meaning on things that I say, and it will mean that you interpret things differently, to perhaps differently to how I originally intended to, them to be interpreted. But maybe it's close enough for it to all make sense. But then there's an extra layer to listening, which is listening to yourself. And that's what I want this podcast to be. I want it to be an experience of listening to people who you think have things to say. And an experience of subsequently listening to yourself or concurrently listening to yourself. Ask yourself things. What's meaningful for you? Why don't you do those things? Is there anything you can do to allow yourself to do those things? Are there people who are preventing you from doing those things? Um, are you listening? Are you listening to yourself? Are you listening to the people around you? It's okay if you're not. But... It's helped me a lot, more than anything. Acknowledging what I feel and trying and trying to listen to what others say without listening, without going into the conversational dynamic with with an idea of what I want them to say and then fishing for the things that that I want them that I want to hear yeah so once again thank you for listening
I wish you all the best. And I hope you're well. Take care.